Three, two, one. Action. Action. Welcome to YA Dad and Daughter. This episode, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Do we have a catchphrase? Nope, we're cool like that. No, okay. Hi, my name is Andy Ossian, and I am the dad half of the dad and daughter team. And then I'm Samara, I'm the other half, and I'm the daughter half, so yeah, we should probably start. Oh, you're always in such a hurry. The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. This was published in 2017, last year, it by was, Balzer and Bray. Uh, yeah. I, I will be honest and say whenever I go to read a book that has this many awards on it and this much um, kind of buzz, right before we did this podcast, they released the trailer for the movie. I've seen this book around. I've heard about it. I've seen it in stores everywhere I go and really curious about what it's about. So I've read it eight times. She's read it eight times. Um but I was going to say that when I usually see a book like this where it has this much buzz, I'm always skeptical. I'm always very suspicious of, of everyone likes this. This is going to be amazing. You know, the, the things people say are so hyperbolic and so extreme that I go in with a little bit of a, a hesitancy about is this going to be as good as everyone says? Do I have to like this? Luckily, I was totally blown away by the book. The positive reception was well warranted, but... Yeah, it like totally like deserved everything. It got like all that great stuff people said about it. It is really good. You read it eight times, and you told yep. me at one point that you had it uh, pretty much memor- memorized. Well, I had like the basic plot, not like every line or anything. Joe, just like like the basic plot. What happens mm-hmm. then? What happens the so next no surprises. part? No surprises. Let's talk about it. it. You read it eight times. Why did you Why did you want to read it so many times? What about it made you like it so much? Because it was good. I'm just going to start that. It was really, really, really good. I mean, recommend this book to people, though there there is some, like, you know, cursing and stuff. Uh, yeah, definitely should have probably, like, and, a language uh, warning if people are yeah. sensitive to that sort of thing. And, and like, book. some parts are a little more with some themes that... Overall, it's a really good book that I would recommend to just about anybody who's old enough to read it, any young adult reader who's mm-hmm. old enough to read young adult books. I think why I liked it so much is because... I feel like in in a way it's kind of sadly real in some cases. Like these things do Very happen. Real. Reading books about this stuff just makes it seem more so much more real for me because these things don't happen to me. So reading about it's the only way I'm ever gonna like hear about mm-hmm. hear about it. From a writer's perspective, I I wish I could do what Angie Thomas does, and this is her first first book. Occasionally, books come along that when they they reach you and you read them, they feel fully formed. They feel as though that story is just that's the way it happened everything in it runs like a well-oiled machine and in the end the book just felt and and read so effortless as though it had just she had the idea and the story and the story just told itself and i think that's the greatest compliment a person could give a writer is yeah i was extremely impressed with that aspect of it because she has to go through so many different subjects so many different characters and character dynamics and like like star so i guess we should do a quick summary of the do you want a quick summary of the book sure. for people who may not have read it yeah. okay it. me the main character is this girl she's 16 named mm-hmm. star her last name i think it's Car- carter star carter star yeah. carter yeah um and she is living in garden ha- garden heights can you help me here <laughs> i i know like the the story by heart but like sure She's 16. 
she lives in Garden Heights, but she goes to school at a private school outside of her neighborhood. Yeah, and she's one of like like the two. She's she's one of only two black kids at her school. Um, I think no no in her in her grade in her grade okay her grade. The story is about her stars life there's there's a bunch of stories in in the book but a big part of the story is star being from garden heights and going to school in was it winchester l and m oh totally wrong she goes to a private (laughs) school that's predominantly white and um her having to reconcile those two aspects of her identity and the the stress and the frustration with not being able to be herself because she has a very close family. She's um, hugely connected to the community in Garden Heights. But when she goes to school, she worries about being ghetto star, which is herself, which is acting like herself because she doesn't believe the the white kids at her private school. And even her friends, in most cases, don't understand that or would immediately brand her as a certain a type of person and see her as a certain type of person. So she's constantly feeling that stress. So that's that's kind of the background story of, of her navigating the two worlds but then the immediate story the the front story is that so she went to this party with her like friend kenya um they both have an older brother they they both share an older brother seven lots of complicating things there we're gonna leave that aside for now so she and kenya are at this party and starlight knows nobody because she basically spends a lot of her time with her friends from like fancy private school and she she's like only seen by anybody in the store that mm-hmm. she works at and she grew up in the in garden Heights, yeah so. she grew up there so she does she does know lots of people when she when she was younger her friends khalil uh and Nata- uh, she was friends with khalil and natasha uh, natasha was shot by somebody in a gang when she was 10 and so she's here at this party and then she sees khalil who she hasn't seen like forever mm-hmm. they hear like shots going off so they so Chloe's like, okay, we gotta go. And so they get in a car and they get away. Um, suddenly realize that the police car is following them. They stop. Uh, Cleo gets out. And then he and the officer talk about stuff. And then he reaches down to pick up a hairbrush. Mm-hmm. And then the police officer shoots him. Well, uh, um, um, duh. Take your time. I don't know what to say. So Khalil gets shot in front of Star, right? Yeah, so that's the second of her childhood friends to be killed. Mm-hmm. She's like the second the only of three. She's the only one left, yeah. which is really, really, really sad. And there are a lot of, then a lot of the, the story's complications and, and the way the story goes is dictated by the fact that Star is what they call the witness, the person who was there when Khalil was killed. And as you can imagine, it's... It's very complicated with her going to predominantly white school and different area and how they perceive and are and how the media is sort of messaging who Khalil is and what happened to him and what happened to the cop and and then her back home in Garden Heights where Khalil grew up and where she was friends with him. She's scared to speak out. She's heard about all this stuff, but as soon as she's like the one the one who was there, the witness, she's she's too scared to speak up. So the whole thing is her trying to like find her voice right. and Speak up for Cleo. Okay, so we've summarized the the book, kind of. Got, like, the basic yeah, there's idea. A, there's a ton that goes on in this book. Yeah, I was amazed at how... I was thinking to myself, when I think of an epic, I think of th- something like Lord of the Rings or this, as far as realistic fiction goes. I mean, this was an epic story. There were, it was, Things just kept happening, and 
her story just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and all really kind of comes together in so many satisfying ways. So we should, uh, so now that we've summarized the book for people who haven't read it or people mm-hmm. who have read it, um, we should probably talk about some stuff about the book. Yeah, no, I, I, I was cur- I was a little bit curious about where the book takes place. Uh, I don't know for sure if she ever, if Angie Thomas ever says where it takes place, but at the same time, it, it had a universal quality to it. I, you know, you and I used to live in Baltimore. I still work in Baltimore. And, you know, one of the examples of this kind of thing happening in the last few years was the Freddie Gray killing in Baltimore and the subsequent riots and protests and all of that stuff. So to me, it could be anywhere. It could be West Coast, could be East Coast, could be down South. I mean, because this is such a a rampant issue and rampant problem right now, it it definitely felt to me like it could be anywhere. It didn't really matter because it's an American problem. Wow, I just realized how much more serious this episode is than the last one. It's a very serious episode. <laughs> well, that's why I was, I mean, I was curious. That's why I wanted to know, you know, you, you'd read it so many times. And I've only read it once and I just finished it yesterday. But it was a very moving story. It was very... But I feel like the good thing about it is, though, it, it do, does cover lots of serious topics and stuff. It also has, like, some, like, good characters, um, like, fun characters at some points. Like, like, the characters, though, they're stuck in these, like, serious circumstances, I feel like... If they were outside those, they'd be, like, really fun characters. A lot of them are there, like, support star and stuff. And a lot of the characters, they can be fun, mm-hmm. um, even though they're stuck in this serious situation. A sign that it's a really good book is the fact that, that Angie Thomas is able to make the characters well-rounded and, and feel real and have all those different sides to them. Where in intense, dangerous, really sad situations, the characters are act in realistic ways. They... Uh, have moments of tenderness, moments of humor, moments of silliness. Um, I'm thinking of, there's a scene, um, there's a bunch of scenes like that too. I, I love that it's not about the the hard, terrible parts of Star's life all the time. There are these great moments where the family's sitting around watching the basketball game and everybody oh, has yeah, their quirks and everyone has their favorites and everyone's dressed to, you know, for their team and has their traditions and stuff. And, you know, it's a scene that could easily be overlooked, but I, it's one of the scenes that cements the family's closeness the, the relationships between the characters. And then there's a, a similar scene, which is more on the humor side of things, where Seven is driving a car with Chris, Star's white boyfriend from her private school, who's got stuck in Garden Heights during riot, during some marches and then, then some riots. And um, not Goon. The, um, De- Devante? Devante, yeah. So it's Devante. Seven's driving. Devante, Star, and Chris are in the back. And they're driving away from like looting and the cops and tanks. And it's this very, very scary, crazy very situation. Very scary situation. And they start making jokes and talking about, I can't remember what they're talking about, but they're, they're making fun of how um, Chris eats macaroni as a full meal. <laughs> so so I, I remember so this part. So um, they're like, oh, your white boy wants to be black because you like wear these shoes. And then they like go like, they pretend to make Jeopardy music and stuff. They're like, or is mac and cheese a full meal or a yeah. side? Just make a full meal. Like they all go, oh. Um, and then they have this whole discussion about why macaroni and cheese is a side dish instead of a full meal, or why it's full meal is not a side dish. Yeah. And but yeah, there's, there's that kind of back and forth, right? Like in these tense situations, they often have bickering. I mean, it just makes the characters feel real because yeah. you know that's how you react in a scary situation, right? You you try to make light of it, try to make yourself feel less. Uh, less afraid and she does that all over the book all the, I mean there's no kind of artificial thread to any of it all of it feels very genuine and and she does go back and forth 
between I, I would say almost trivial conversations between the teenagers at um, both at parties in Garden Heights and at parties and stuff and uh, at her school where you have these very intense scenes uh, where you know heavy life changing life or death stuff is being t- discussed and being decided upon and she's weighing all these things you know it's a ton of stress and then you have these great conversations where they're just talking about nothing of any importance and just messing around and well see see i have i have a lot more to say about this book than i probably did last last time so you're gonna have to deal with me being a little bit more uh talking talking yeah, talking so talking i personally i like, got really like nervous during those scenes like when, when i first read the book and even when i read it again i mean i knew it was all gonna be okay or as okay as it can be mm-hmm. but I feel like also there's not there's not a lot of scenes where like they're just having like a fun conversation and nothing bad happens. If I'm correct, the night where they're watching uh, basketball, like doesn't something happen? Like yeah, they get they, they like, someone shoots through their window and throws a brick. There's there's no like times where the humor is just humor, and I feel like I mean there are sometimes like most of the humor is humor, and then something bad happens or something bad just happened. Yeah, well that's there is so that. that's a that's a bigger question that I'm curious about. To me, and and this is more of a, re- a reflection of a, the reality for most black people in the, U- the United States is that I can imagine, especially after reading a book like this, that it often feels like there's no way to win. There's no way that you can ever, it's ever fair. And I'm, and, and I think the book shows that the fact that, like you said, there are moments where moments of happiness and, it, you know, it's normal, but then something like that can, can happen. Do you think that star has a ray of hope at the end or do you think it's every time something happens something bad happens to kind of bring it all back down well i feel like at the end she does have a little bit of ray of hope so at the end um uh chris Devante, seven and star were um in their dad's store when this like flaming bottle like this bottle like stuff and it gets thrown through mm, the store and, cocktail um yeah lots of cocktail and then the it sets the store on fire, and they don't have, like, a key or anything, so they're trapped in the inside the store uh, with this fire, and they're all, like, pretty sure they're going to die. But thankfully, like, someone gets them out, so that's all okay. And in the end, they they uh, say that King, who's this big, like, um, how would you just... He's the, the leader of the uh, Garden Heights Kings? The Kings, yeah. The, king, the um, Kings, yeah. He's, he's the leader uh, of the King is the gangs. leader of the Kings. Uh, they know he did it. Snitching is when you like tell on like a a king or king. At one point they say snitches get stitches. Mm-hmm. So it's like real. No one does it because they're all afraid of getting um you know like a, like have them their families get um attacked. So at the end, everybody snitches on king, and I feel like that in a way, that's a big thing for like everybody because like, no one does this, and this whole community comes together. He gets thrown in jail at the end, or he's going to. Probably not for too long, but I feel like with this many people standing up, I feel like it, it does, it will kind of get better, mm-hmm. um, hopefully. Though, I, uh, one thing I noticed was that we didn't really get what would happen about the whole Khalil shooting thing with the police officer, so we d- I didn't really find out what would happen there. I mean, it, it did say that he was like, not nothing was going to happen to him, so mm-hmm. then they go like the rides and stuff, and that's what they go the rides. But I still feel like I, I would have liked to know what, what was going to come of that shooting because that that I would have liked to see. Yeah. Do you think do you think that they said they weren't going to charge him with anything, right? He wasn't going to really get in trouble legally. So they had the riots. 
do you think that that story is over? I mean, in the book it is, but I feel like if the character, if the, I mean, the the characters, I bet, in their own little character book world, are like continuing their story, and I, I bet they, if they got a, a sequel or if they got more chance to fight back, then I, I bet they would try. Uh, I bet there would be more trying to more of it. Change, change that. It's interesting when fiction and reality can mirror one another so much that you know that anyone who follows the news and you don't even have to follow the news, but these stories often end just like this in real life. This is the end of that story. I mean, at the end of The Hate You Give, there's a list of the names. It might even be in the last one or two pages. The list of the names that Star remembers, and it's a list of other victims who whose murderers never really came to any kind of justice. Just looking at that list and saying that I know almost all of them, or so many people know almost all of them by heart um, as household names. And it's strange because so many, I guess, movements or causes, what have you, usually have a name associated with them of people who did something. But in this case, these people are people who were just alive, like Star shouts and everybody shouts at the end of the riots. They say, Khalil, he lived. And it just you know occurred to me that all those names we know who they are but they didn't necessarily do anything you know for a movement they just they were just people who were alive and then were killed and you know the circumstances of their death is, is what people should be makes pe- us remember yeah people should be known not not because they were killed but because they they lived yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's what that's what she says at the end like people are talking about why he died and like oh he should die because he was in a gang she's like yeah, no was the important part is that he lived and he was a living person and just suddenly one day he wasn't um, and it wasn't his fault. And I think that in uh, the world of fiction and books and TV and stuff, you could say, oh, well, in a sequel, maybe they'll get some justice and maybe that got that cop who was not charged will be you know, charged and they'll they'll do something to make it make it better. And I think that stars words during the riots and what she did at the marches it was her way of doing what she could to get that justice but in reality just like in the book you know the book ends and her story you know her life moves on knowing that there's always going to be this this area there that is going to be a part of her that was taken when Khalil died and like with so many other people but that you know the, the story for most of these people really does end there and there really is no justice and um, I, I think that they hint at Star having like an, act, an activism future, and there's the hope that life will get better now that she knows how to use her voice to make change. But yeah, it's it's kind of a it goes along with the rest of the book feeling very genuine and realistic is the fact that there is no happy ending, at least as far as Khalil's death goes. This is why I think this kind of book is the kind of book that you say, you know, you tell people they have to read. Yeah, I'm more likely to read. Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm more, I'm more likely to read fantasy, science fiction, or a mystery story. Though technically, mystery stories are supposed to be realistic fiction, but they're I kind of like count them as something totally different. I'm more likely to read mysteries, fantasy, and science fiction than realistic fiction. And so, reading a realistic fiction book was not like, "Whoa, I read a realistic fiction book. This is crazy!" But it was like a change of pace, more real, more. I, I, it's less like I can just read the book and enjoy it, and that, that's it, that's that. I can connect with the characters, I like the book. It's more like I have to pay more attention to the book because 
is realistic fiction, so these things do happen, and a book I feel like I need to read deeper, you know, like, like most books, I do read it and take it in. I usually read, like, a, a book in, like, one or two days, and, I mean, I'll, I'll totally understand it and, like, remember everything, but with a realistic fiction book, I'll, I'll be more likely to take, like, maybe a week to read it, even if it's pretty short, because I want to kind of take it all in and... Because of the, the the subject that was discussing, kind of the way it was written, did this book make you uncomfortable? Or was it because it was such kind of a tender subject and different than, you know, if it's different than our personal experiences? That's pretty fair to say. Um, what do you mean exactly? Knowing that there are a lot of people out there whose lives are actually like this in real life. No, I felt like it was opening my eyes. And I feel like that, that, would, that should make me feel uncomfortable. That mm-hmm. should make me feel... I, I, didn't, I personally didn't feel uncomfortable reading this book. I really, really enjoyed this book. One of the things I like best about reading is the fact that I get to, to use a very cheesy phrase, walk the mile in someone else's shoes, and I will never be a 16-year-old black girl. You know, this and spending time with people is the best way to kind of learn about how everyone's lives are different. And every time I read a book that gives me that feeling as though I'm embodying someone else's definitely a gift. I mean, some of my favorite little parts where I thought that the, <laughs> the ha- Harry Potter gang theory about how... Yes, um, Harry Potter's awesome. Yeah, it actually kind of might be a little bit about gangs. It makes a lot, it makes a lot of sense that, that the Harry Potter houses are, are actually actual gangs. gangs. <gasps> and um, all the different characteristics of gangs, how they map perfectly to the Harry Potter houses. I was like, oh no, it's I brilliant. love Harry Potter. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't want to watch um, Harry Potter with Big Mab either. Big I Mav. mean, that's that's Star's dad, who's a ex-con who runs a store. And Star loves like Harry Potter and the Harry Potter movies. At one point, she's talking with her dad, and he's like, "How about we go watch like the Harry Potter movies?" She's like, "No, you're the worst person to watch Harry Potter movies with. You're always like, why don't they just shoot Voldemort? Um, Harry Potter's all about gangs." And, he's like, and then the dad's like, "Well, it is." And since like he knows about that stuff, he like, I mean, for me, the Harry Potter fan, yeah, kinda. Yeah, it, it def- definitely. But it is amazing. But Harry Potter is amazing. No, it just shows you how universal Harry Potter is. How, yes. How everyone can relate to it in one way or another. Yes. Like, I can relate to it by. I should be going to Hogwarts. And uh, I loved, just throughout the book, I loved her family and I loved her relationships with them and how she saw them, despite issues they had with one another and seeing the flaws that they each have. They loved each other so much. And, like, there's so many great moments when stars is sitting quietly with someone in her family and uh, there's like, you know, just a line that talks about how something unspoken says everything about how much they love each other and kind of little pockets of hope throughout the book that kind of buoy you, you know, as as things get really hard. Family rocks. Family does rock. And I mean, it just goes to show how they can get you through those really hard times and that when Seven takes his Kenya and their other sister away from his mom, and, and King. Kenya's others and yeah. Kenya's sister. Um, they because drop her off at her grandmother's. Because technically, Star and Kenya are not related. In right, but uh, everybody's you know pull you know going to their grandma's house or taking their grandma and putting her with someone else, and it's uncles and brothers, and then there's the gang members who are sort of like brothers who come to protect her when they go to the grand jury where she gives a statement. You know, I I think it's interesting. I mean, what do you think about? They talked a lot about the media, and you know, it's something that. It just happens every single day in our world. Just the way someone is described or the way the internet or a TV station or a newscaster, the words that they use 
can change everything about how they're portraying somebody, right? And and there's yeah. a there's a great moment where I think they they add like suspected gang member to Khalil's I guess kind of TV name when they talk about the shooting and that one thing they don't know if it's true they don't have any evidence for it and then even if it was true like they don't know the reason why he did it which was actually one that was you know selfless it was to help his his uh mother even though she in a way hadn't done like anything for him she's still his mom and he i i think it's actually super sweet i cared so much about her he'd do these yeah like things that he would only do to help her because she was a drug addict and she didn't and she took some didn't she takes like take some money from king and khalil needed to i think like pay off some debt or something uh i don't remember uh, something like that well she, uh the mom had gotten in trouble with somebody i think mm-hmm. it was king and um khalil had to help her oh had so. to put yeah 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 and, and so that's why he was dealing drugs, even though he would Star never have saying, done that. Because why he, is he dealing drugs when it did so so much stuff to his mom to make her the way she is? I feel like uh, another like, core thing is family, because she spends a lot of time with family, and a lot of the parts have to do with family and and friendship with like Kenya and Haley and Maya, mm-hmm. who are her friends at the private school she goes. Well, to. she gets to, she learns who really is her friend. In the end, Haley's just a big jerk. I mean, they've been friends for a long time, but she had ended up being not really a nice person. No. She was racist towards Maya and um, and Star, and she may have like been a good person when she was younger, but after she 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 just didn't end up being very nice. Yeah, in the end. and she never apologized. Again, that's one of those things that you see every day is that she just never got it. She never understood why they were mad. She said, "I'm sorry." She said, "I'm sorry. You're. I'm sorry. You were upset." But she never grasped the reason why that what she had done was bad, and, and like that she has a problem. That she yeah. has a, a way of looking at things is her sorry was saying uh, wasn't wasn't like I'm sorry for things I did to hurt you. It was I'm sorry that you are feeling that you are feeling that upset. you are this way. And Star's like, like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, I know. I, I want an apology. She's like delete. She deletes her contacts. She's just like. Okay, so apologizing that I feel sad. I, I'm sad about other things too, but it's all about me. You made me sad, and um, yeah. What What about you? Yeah, I'd like to apologize for that. Goodbye. And then, meanwhile, you have um, Devante, who's taken in by Star's uncle to keep him safe from King, who he's who he's uh, being hunted by. And then Devante and Chris, Chris, Star's boyfriend, end up becoming like Friends. little buddies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> play like, video spend the time playing video games together. And, um, you know, the, all those little those little connections that are being made, I feel like, are so realistic and they're so, feel so good when, when they're happening that it's it's like going to a wedding and seeing your friends from work and your friends from school and your friends from your family all kind of hanging out for the first time. And you're like, this is so cool. Everybody's getting along and, and these weird connections and relationships are forming. And yeah, I thought that just, was great. Yeah, just like at, wasn't Seven's party, I think? Yeah, that, um, you know. Yeah, Seven's like graduation party. Seven, seven, and I think his birthday party as well. It was like both in, in one. Her friends from both her school and from like Garden Heights mm-hmm. all came together and she the time she's like please let them get along and, <laughs> and they her all mom did. and aunt start dancing and everyone's like no no and she's like don't do that, don't do that. please don't do that it's, it's a, those are great I mean like you said there's a family there's a is of, embarrassing family's hilarious and wonderful and we are and families are awesome but that but in, but families are awesome but then his mom shows up and you know she's Seven's family mom. and she kind of ruins like brings the whole party down because yeah. she's involved it, with king he... the gang leader and she puts herself and him before she puts her own children and seven who's 
effectively grown up with uh, Star and his dad's family and because of her. And so she kind of comes like to the party. I feel like it's kind of who ends up being like family. Family never has to be related. I feel like in a way, Devante's kind of becoming family. Yeah. But like, really, if someone in your actual family is not being very great, though they're like related to you, you don't have to feel like they're part of like your family family. Your family family are the people you feel like most comfortable with. You can tell them certain things and you can kind of you know be around them and be be yourself and be okay so the fourth of july was last week and i was reading this over the fourth of july not that it's again any surprise that this stuff happens because it happens every day but on the fourth of july i think it was there were news items about the book the hate that you give or the hate you give um and angie thomas because a police department in south carolina wanted a school to remove it from their reading list and she made a statement and Jason Reynolds made a statement. It's so fascinating that it's something that people are having to fight over. To me, it immediately called out to me as a book that everyone should read it. And if you have, you know, you have trouble with it or don't understand it, or it's so completely foreign to you or makes you uncomfortable that it's like, that's a sign that you should be talking more about it and being more involved and trying to understand why you don't why you feel so separated from those experiences because to me it was just a, a door that opened into a life that I'm aware of but I still don't have that much exposure to so you know I'm thankful for that is there anything else we want to talk about with this book we, we could talk about this book for like three weeks we could do I mean, like really. a three week episode in sections and I don't want to that sounds wanna, hard I don't want to do that hard, but to me it, it's a kind of a landmark book and it's so topical and you could turn on the TV right now and something related would be happening and so beautifully written awesome. very moving really awesome. funny yeah so i think that concludes this episode yeah probably. did we talk about it enough i think so and do we know what book we're doing next time or um i think we do hold on one second a mall unbound by isha saeed Ooh, what's that about? i know i know nothing about it and of course cool. if, if the hate you give is any indication it will probably be good the less I know about it. Yeah, so we will may probably read that next time. So, yeah. Okay, I will put it on the website so everyone can follow along. Uh, also, before we end the episode, if you have any books to recommend, oh yeah, please totally recommend them. Um, on Apple Podcasts, someone reviewed and recommended a couple books. Great. So, so thanks, Jules eight two eight. Thank you for the double thumbs up. And the five stars <laughs> and the book recommendation. Go on our website, yadadanddaughter.com. Comment on the individual uh, podcasts. Rate us on iTunes and Anchor and Stitcher. And anything you could rate us on. <laughs> Just let us know what you think and, and post ideas and suggestions. See you next episode, right. hopefully. This is Dad signing out. And, and it's me. This is the daughter half. Yeah, I'm, I'm great. Don't stop this recording. 